Los Angeles, how are you? How's everybody doing? This is your host, Casey Diaz, host of The Shot Caller. Listen, we got some good, good stuff uh, for you, like always. And this one's a little bit interesting because it's one of our very own uh, Angelinos here. So um, great story. So stick around. We have with us uh, today um, a really cool guest. I always say we have a cool guest because we just get cool people. That's how it works around here. <laughs> but we have uh, Ellie here with us, um, and uh, we ran across each other on social media. Um, one of the reasons that I actually clicked on on your uh, Instagram was because uh, the obvious reason that I just let myself go, man. Um, it, many of you guys probably think that you know every guy that comes out of uh, these these places uh, comes out really nice and nice and fit. Oh. Well. I did come out nice and fit a long time ago, and I've been out married, and uh, so um, kind of let myself go. And I saw your programs, and I always wonder what makes people. Yeah, mind. yeah. But welcome to the show, um, Ellie. Um, thank you so much. It's an honor to have you here. And to be here. Yeah, and and I want to know all about your story. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of activity that's going on in Los Angeles, uh, yeah. and with law enforcement at large. Yeah. We need to talk about, and um, I love when we have um, law enforcement people here. Uh, one because we, we get your aspect. You know, you're out in the field. You're actually living that life. I was full time, and I'll get into it for a long time. Now I do it by choice. Ah, very I'll cool. Love it. So you know, uh, I had <laughs> just like everybody that that has a weight problem. You know, you go, I'm gonna do it this time. I'm gonna oh. do it this time, and it is the hardest thing to. Take the first step. Yeah, and then you're going to take that first step maybe 20, 30 times like I did and then quit or do it and gain it back or, yeah. Yeah. Through it my whole life, yeah. See, that that's, that's um, and I started hiking in the Holland Yards and thought, all right, cool, you know, that this this is going to, I'm going to begin here. Yeah. And it was going well for about four months and then, uh, you know, I had two tacos and that was it. And nutrition is it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can work out all day long, but if you can't control what goes in your mouth, yes. Um, so, you came from originally from Argentina. Argentina. Tell us, tell so, us about that. I was born in Argentina a long, long time ago, seventy four, because <laughs> forty six. And my brothers, I had two brothers. My parents and I all lived there. My dad had a business. It dealt with racing cars and motorcycles, high end stuff. We were really well off. And then my dad lost his business. His business partner, who handled all the money, my dad didn't want to deal with the money part. Uh, took it all, ran with it. I don't know the whole story, but my uncle came to the United States and my dad's like, we got to follow him because, you know, it's the land of dreams and, you know, it's the land of gold. Like everybody that doesn't live here thinks it is, it's great, but people have a different idea of how hard it'll be when you come here. So we came here, moved to Highland Park um, in 80, November of 82. So I was like eight, almost, I just turned eight years old and yeah, I moved into a little one bedroom apartment and I went from being like a, a rich, spoiled brat kid, I guess I was over there. Um, in public, in a private Catholic school to being super, super poor and where my dad worked two or three jobs in a car place installing radios and doing whatever he did with cars and then, you know, raised me with cars. I love them. Totally off topic. And then my <laughs> mom uh, was cleaning houses and doing stuff for, you know, like, I guess, wealthy ladies. So I would sometimes help her clean houses. And it was just, it was grounding, I guess you could say, coming yeah. from being a little rich, spoiled kid to... Not having anything and, you know, no new toys, no new clothes. Everything was either from the trash or the Goodwill or the thrift store. And So you, 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 that's, that's like, um. I went from the top yeah. to the bottom. And I didn't speak the language. Like I didn't speak any, not a lick of English when I came here. And if you know the Argentinian Spanish, you know. Yeah. It doesn't sound anything. Yeah. <laughs> I so, have some Argentinian friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite different. It was an adjustment. Yeah. So yeah. did you have to go through like ESL classes over here? Or? I wish, and then I I wish I remembered how I learned it because everybody always asked me, so do you believe in like the dual immersion and all the different teaching stuff? Because yeah. I eventually became a teacher before law enforcement, but I don't remember. I, I, I remember my first best friend here was a white girl, Sarah, two of them. One of them was Mexican, Rosa. The other one was a white girl, Sarah. We don't even know how we communicated because we did not speak the same language. We're still friends to this day. 
but I don't know how I learned it. I must have learned it at some point, you know, between middle school. Yeah, yeah. But I hated it. Like any memories from Argentina or anything like that? Not much. I don't know. I don't remember much because I was only until eight. I went to Catholic school, so there was nuns. I remember them coming around with a T. They used to hit you if you got in trouble there. Oh, wow. So I, my mom used to spank, you know, beat the crap out of us with a belt. It's all part of growing up yeah. in Argentina or growing up Hispanic. You get, yeah, yeah. You, you get your beat. Yep. For us, it was the belt. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't the, 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 the slipper or no, we got the, the belt. You got the belt. You better not run and hide because then it would Ouch. Come. So you come here to the United States, and, and where do you land? We landed in Highland Park. Okay. And then we moved after a couple, I don't even remember if it was a couple of years or months, we landed in Glendale, like right on western and Glen Oaks, the border of like Glendale, Burbank almost. And we were there for like seven years. A whole lot better than uh, Highland Park Much by at that time. learned their lesson, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we didn't want to leave the house, but they didn't know because <laughs> you come from over there, you think L.A., you think Hollywood, yeah. you know, Highland Park is kind of close to downtown. And, and that's the thing that a, a lot of people come from either, either out of state or from other countries, yeah. and they, they have this visual of Hollywood, Oh yeah. right, uh, like the tourist. Knows. Yes. And then they come to Hollywood, and they go, what the heck is yeah. this? I didn't see that in the movie. Nope. I always tell people, <laughs> if you're going to come to California, there's so many things to yeah. see. I'll always love it here. I don't yeah, care yeah. about the politics, but yeah. there's so much to see. Hollywood is not it. I mean, you you know, you can go from beach to snow oh, yeah. and, in, in, an in an hour. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah that, that's the coolest thing. There's so many. And the culture here is awesome. Like, I'm, I, we can bash Hollywood, but there is really a lot of good culture. Echo Park, all the... They're not the best places, yeah. but it is pretty freaking cool to go. There's and so the much food. Food. I, I mean... Yeah. I love the food. I still indulge all the time. Yeah. Do you really? Oh yeah. I went. I went to. There's a chicken place somewhere in downtown LA. Uh-huh. It's really ex- like not expensive, but like hour long lines for this chicken. I don't remember. I wish I remember. Hour long line for a- sometimes longer. But so I had like fried chicken sandwiches, all that stuff. The Mexican food here. Yeah, the Mexican food. food. That that's uh. That's another thing. When How do you even? Here, when yeah. we moved here, we didn't know what Mexican food was. So like, <laughs> when we went with my grandma to get like a burrito, uh-huh. like to us, tortilla is uh, like a Spanish quiche. Okay. So when we order a burrito, they're like a burrito. We're like, what the heck is a burrito? It's a tortilla with, and we're like tortilla. That, that's like a Spanish, all messed up. So it was really hard to adjust because we didn't. They don't. Back then, they didn't. Now they probably have Mexican food. Back then, there was no Mexican food. So you, you, you had your first burrito, and then what happened? I don't know. I love it. I did not <laughs> like the rice and beans to this day. I can't stand rice and can't beans. Can't do it. Because we ate it so much because it was so cheap. Yeah. That I used to call it barro, but because it looked like it. Wow. <laughs> it we does. Used, yeah. yeah, if it's like refried, it does look like mud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just ate it so much because it's cheap. Yeah. So so you, you go to elementary school, then you're, what, what's your high school? What, what oh, is that? That's when my parents decided to move us from Glendale. In ninth grade, they wanted to buy a house. That was when they finally saved up enough to buy their house. So I was always really proud of my parents because they came here. They never got help. You know, they didn't, they could have probably gone on welfare and all that stuff, but they honestly didn't even know how to. It took us eight, 12 years just to become citizens. But So they decided to buy a house, and they saw these brand-new sparkling townhomes on the corner of Van Nuys Boulevard and Glen Oaks in the middle of Pacoima. And... <laughs> They're like, we're moving there. And my brothers and I are like, no, we don't want to move there. It's, yeah. you know, but clay what, projects are right behind us. What year was that? That was 1989. And, and I, 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 I'm not positive, but I think that's like the worst part of. It was pretty crap. Yeah. We were living there that through part. the riots, like through the 92 riots. Oh, yeah. In the heart of it. Oh, wow. So we had like the McClay projects behind us because, they, you know, it's like this not so great neighborhood. And you have these brand new townhomes. They would throw stuff over. My brother got assaulted with a knife. I got held up. Yeah. My parents had no idea what they were getting into. When they wow. Were. And then so we lived there from 89 to 96. They, they stuck it out because they bought a house and they were going to keep it. And then they finally sold it and live with the house they live now. That's that generation that just, they were hardcore at, at work, yeah. their ethic. It wasn't just yeah. work ethic. It was ethic, Yeah. period, across it's the board. Lacking right now a lot. They raised my brothers and I to work our butts. We both, we've all been working since we were 15. And yeah. I went to college, but they couldn't afford college. My brothers and I couldn't have, So we, I'm still paying my loans to this day. My brother's still paying Wow. Loans. Yeah, that's, that's what frustrates me when people say I can't afford college. Yeah, you freaking can. Yeah, you just you gotta gotta suck it up and get suck it up and do whatever it takes. Yeah. Two jobs and go to school. Period. Yeah, 
you know, and, and you know, we're we're in this place, this funky place today, where people just uh, think that things should be just land on their lap and yeah. and, oh, and yeah, the from the yeah, the entitlement, man. That's, I deserve it because that gets on my nerves. It really does. I can't even. I get it all the time. The <clears> whole yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a controversial one, but the white privilege thing. You're so white privileged because so some people can yeah. tell that I'm not white. Yeah. And some people just bullshit. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, assume you are, you are white. You're yeah, privileged. Yeah. I'm like, you know, you live in a nice house and a nice neighborhood, and you yeah. have. But I worked my butt off to yeah. get there, and I, and like everybody else does. Like, and yeah, there's no such thing as that. There's gonna be some people that are gonna have more privilege than others. Yeah. There's gonna be some people that are gonna be born into a rich family, like yeah. I was in Argentina. Yeah. But they can be gone the next day. There's gonna be people yeah. that are gonna have access to more stuff because of where they live. Yeah. But just because of, the, I mean, it's gonna be harder for some. But you're gonna have to work harder. You're gonna you know, be more grateful that you did it. Yeah, and I think that when you so actually, when you work for something, when you earn something, yeah, oh, 100%. You, you have a different aspect of yeah. how you how you view things and, yeah. you know. You spend your own money on Yeah, it. if it doesn't cost you jack. You're not going to take care of it, yeah. No, you're not, you're, you're, not, not, you're a horrible grateful. steward of that. Yeah, it's you, like kids, like when my kids want something, we'll take your money out because it's not your birthday or Christmas, so buy it. There you suddenly, go, wow. Suddenly, they don't want to buy it anymore. Yeah, because it cost them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever you had them do. Take your yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, that that's that's so good. I have my my son. Uh, anytime he wants something that that you know, it's yeah. not your birthday. It's not you know, you're gonna come to the shop yeah. and you're gonna learn something. You're gonna clean something. You're gonna do something. something. Work for it. Yeah. You're gonna work for it. You know, I'm, I'm not just giving you free money. No. Because I've seen what I, I think we both seen what that does to you know. Brats, yeah. Oh yeah, man. I I see with all the we'll get to the looting and the rioting and oh, the, yeah. the, the the stupid stuff that's happening out there. So. You're, you graduated high school. Graduated high school. Going to college. I went to, I just went to community college because I figured what's the difference, you know. Yeah. I still to this day believe the same. Like the first two years are all general in anyway. Who yeah. Cares? So I went to Glendale College, kind of screwed around there because my mom was paying for it. So I got, like even through high school, I never really studied. I got straight C's. In Argentina, it's pass fail. So my mom's like, how are your grades? I'm like, they're fine. I'm passing. So I got straight C's and she was happy with that. So I could have probably gotten to, you know, better, but I, so I went through going to college and then I got into CSUN and that's when I had to start paying for it myself. And then all of a sudden. And then I started getting straight A's because I realized, man, I'm paying for this myself. I yeah. So, <laughs> you can't be messing around. Yeah. I, I wish I would have gotten better grades before because yeah. then I probably wouldn't be owing that $200 yeah. a month I owe for the next 10 years and I've already been paying it for 25. So yeah. I went to college to become a teacher because I was working in a school this whole time, like as an aide. Okay. And, you know, I wanted to become a cop the whole time from since I was younger. But really, my Hispanic parents like, you're a girl. You can't do that. You're crazy. So, you know, the girl thing to do is become a teacher because yeah. so I was like, well, fine. I'll just become a teacher, I guess. And then at that time, I was kind of I wasn't really Christian yet. I was yeah. raised Catholic, but I never really believed. I mean, I believed in God, but I hated Catholic Church. And yeah. So I never really had that God connection. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to go. I, I want to be a cop, but do I really want to die at work and yeah. for somebody like that? Um, so I, I wanted to do it, but my mom talked me out of it, and it wasn't really quite something I was going to sell her on yet. So I became a teacher. I went and became an elementary school teacher. I taught fourth and fifth grade in Glendale. And um, I loved it, loved the kids, loved everything about teaching, but they kept giving me the four or five split. It was a lot of work, and I, I felt like I'm never going to have my own kids if I'm in a classroom of 30 little kids all day. Yeah. So I said, let me try high school teaching. And then, I, you know, they're teenagers. I teach Spanish. I teach one subject. It'll give me more time, you know, to do my thing and maybe want kids because I really yeah. wanted to have a family. And so I became a high school teacher, and I, again, loved it. Yeah. To this day, I still keep in contact with my kids, you know, that I used to teach. But then I became the Spanish club advisor, the junior club advisor. I took on the extra period. And again, I was like overwhelmed with teaching. Yeah. And that's when I when I was in teaching Spanish is when I kind of got more back in the church and started believing God more. And then I realized, like, if I don't pursue this dream of becoming a cop now, I'm already 30. I'm never going to do it. And I realized, you know, when it's your time, it's your time. So, so you were 30 when you when you actually... Yeah. Decide to go into. I was 32 when I actually went in, but I was 30 when I started the process of applying. Okay. So I applied to like all the local ones, LAPD, sheriffs, yeah. uh, Burbank, Glendale. And that's when I decided I'm 30. I'm going to, I got my motor. That's when I got my motorcycle because I love cars and bikes. My dad raised me on them. So I got a motorcycle and I just applied to the sh police department. Drove wow. my parents crazy, but 
that's when I was like, I better do it. And then my faith just reminded me, like, if it's your time, it's your time. You're going to yeah. cross the street, get it by car. Yeah, you go to sleep and not wake up. I mean, that's just, yeah. your time so is your time. That's I it. I realize I'm going to do this. I don't care. Yeah. I've always wanted to do it on 100%. So, but this is the, the interesting part because you're, you, you mentioned you're a little girl. And when you're a little girl, you're actually, that's your dream. Well, uh, yeah, I thought I, it's something that always... Just intrigued you. Not when I when, when I moved here, not when I was in Argentina. Okay. But when I moved here and I would just see LAPD and yeah. stuff like that, it always something that intrigued me. Yeah. I always had friends that were in the department when I got older. Um, so I was always around it. My, a lot of my friends were also dating cops, and I was like, I don't want to date a cop. I want to be one. Like, yeah. So I finally decided to do it. I was married at the time. My husband at the time <coughs> was not happy that that's what I wanted to do. Um, but I was like, well, I mean, they're going to not do it and regret it. Yeah. Or, so I was like, I'm going to go for it. And it's it's a calling, I think, you know, that that's... Oh, 100%. Right? You're doing that job for the benefits, because, yeah. I mean, the benefits are great. Yeah. So is a pension, so is a retirement. But if you don't it's love a calling. it, yeah. it's not... Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people. You, you can see when you go into the academy, anybody that goes in it. We started with, like, 65, 70 people. We graduated, like, 40. I mean, you... You lose almost half of the class. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them you lose right away. You get yelled at. I mean, some people can't. They just can't take it. I got yelled at all the time as a kid. So, like, Like, I'm used to belts. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so you you go to this um, training. Yeah. And what's your first job? I mean, where do you end up? um, Oh, after the academy? Yeah, after the academy. The thing, I ended up getting, I applied with all these departments at the same time. I ended up getting picked up by Burbank PD. Okay. And that's who I went through the academy with. And, I went through the academy. I was I did great. I had a blast in the academy. I actually loved it. Um, I learned so much. But I went through the um, LA County Sheriff's Department Academy. So that's who they put us through. And so I went through. And after I graduated, Burbank has some issues going on. I went through training with Burbank after that. And I just wasn't a fan of the training that we did after that. So I made the decision to leave and pursue a larger department in L.A., that okay. I wanted to be a part of, that I pursued before getting hired with Burbank, but I let him go because I thought Burbank would be better. Yeah. And then I realized that going to the academy that that's not where I wanted to be. So So do you end up in like, um, I know some departments. Yeah, I went to a department where you have to go work the jails first. Okay. So I ended up going to be assigned to Supermax. That's what the jail was called. Yeah. And, um, I had never been around gangs or drugs or any kind of even a shoplifter in my life because my parents were like, if you ever screw up, you're out of here. Back to Argentina in a second. Like, I was a rule follower my whole life because I was terrified of getting my ass beat by my parents (laughs) and sent back to Argentina. So it was actually a blessing that I went to the department that I went to where you have to work the jails first because... I spent all day talking to inmates, you know, and learning a lot because you're you, you got to interact with people differently, yeah. different people from different backgrounds. From you just you learn a lot about their way of life. mannerisms and, and their mannerisms, yeah. yeah, their mannerisms, how to talk to them, yeah. how to get that mutual respect back, mm-hmm. which today is I think lacking in a lot of departments. I think if more departments had that experience, it might be a little less tension. Uh, how do you go from, you know, never being around crime, yeah, right? And and then you're, you're placed in a place where, in a position where everyone is in there yeah. for but, crimes. But the good thing is, and a lot of people apply to law enforcement departments, oh, I don't want to work the jails, I don't want the jails. But it's a controlled environment. Yeah. So although I was sent to a jail where there was, you know, 4,000 male inmates, everybody's like, oh, why don't you want to work with the girls? Girls and girls don't mix. A lot of people know that, you know, especially. Yeah. So I was in, you know, you're in there in a controlled environment. You get yeah. to talk to them when they're, when you have other, you know, if something happens, God forbid, there's help down the hallway. Yeah. When you're out on the street, it's just you and one other person. God knows where help is coming if you're out there. So yeah. while there are a lot of cops that go straight onto the street and have that street justice, that, that street knowledge that you need, yeah. there's also a lot that don't. And I think yeah. a lot would... Like me, I was one of them, and I'll own it. I would have been a mess out there right off the bat without my time in the jail. So it all happened the way it should have. And how, how long were you in the jails for? Almost five years. By That's choice. a long time. You don't have to. A lot of people are, you know, misunderstanding that. Oh, you, you know, you have to do this. Now you get out super fast. You choose where you want to go. You choose a station you want to get assigned to, and when your name comes up, you go. Some people now you don't even have to go. Yeah. But um, 
I put on my, you know, put myself on the list that I wanted to go to for the station I wanted to go to. And then I decided I was going to start, you know, my name wasn't anywhere close. Yeah. So I was like, oh, let me have a kid. And then I started trying to have a kid and I couldn't. I had to do fertility treatment. So I put myself kind of off the list until I got my fertility issues. Then I ended up getting pregnant. So I, my time in the jails was two years longer than it should have been, but it all worked out. And wow. Um, that's a long time in, 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 in a jail environment. Though. Yeah. That's, that's... Oh, it gets boring. Yeah. <laughs> and then some people get you really used to it and then yeah. you don't want to go out on the streets because and they'll just stay there they'll stay there forever and now yeah. i'm pretty sure i don't know if it's changed it but i'm pretty sure you don't have to go out you can stay in the jails forever wow so some people just it's easy it's a better schedule you're more yeah. guaranteed to get off time you know off work on time yeah i went through the whole system uh back in yes, my uh stupidity and comeback story though. yeah it is it is and i'm grateful for you know a second chance and yeah. and then using it um for a better uh yeah that's the key like yeah. using your experiences whatever you've lived yeah whether it's a life of crime whether it's a life of drug abuse whether it's a life of you know to help somebody to else. help somebody else and you know what better people to talk about that than the ones that lived the it. ones that lived it yeah. so you know I, i'm grateful for that um but I, I know how dangerous uh you know and when you were part of the problem at once you you know how uh devious it is yeah. how dangerous it is i mean you know it, uh, i was in there um, at the time where uh, the, the the night stalker was there oh wow uh, richard ramirez yeah yeah so i was in the gang module Wait, you know he was in the gang module I didn't even no remember. no he was in the gang module okay. he was in uh he was in um like, like the higher yeah yeah high power yeah and i remember when he would come back from court because you still have to walk through those yeah everybody walks to the same, through the same place yeah yeah and uh everybody had to face the wall uh, all movement stopped yeah. just so that he could walk through, and yeah. that that was pretty. Uh, I bet you he loved it. Oh, of course. I mean, that's that's you know he that, he, that he lived for that thrill. Yeah. It's a dangerous environment. I mean, it really yeah. is. Uh, I've seen, like you probably have. A jail um, environment, yeah. Oh yeah, where riot. Yeah. Um, not so much in the in in the like in the gang modules. In the gang modules, are you're pretty much in a cage. Yeah. You know, the only movement that you're going in is for court. Yeah. And then. After your four or five years in there, you step out. Yeah, um, they send you to patrol. So I went through patrol training, and I went and did patrol training and finished that and loved patrol. Um, and then about a year and a half into it, my mom got really sick, um, and I decided, you know, I, I worked I worked patrol about 40, 40 minutes, 45 minutes away from where I lived. And when I, I had a really hard time being away from my daughter at that time, I only had one child and I had such a hard time being away from her. So I decided to move up to a city where I could live and patrol in the same time. I mean, the same place because I didn't want to work 45 minutes away from work. I okay. thought if I move, I can live and work in the same city. So if I have to work, you know, Christmas holidays, whatever I'm, I'm nearby. I can the flexibility is yeah. there. Yeah. And then my ex-husband at the time, who's, He's still in law enforcement today, so our schedule, it would have just been easier. So right when I was about to transfer stations, um, my mom got really sick. So I took a leave of absence to help take care of my mom. I moved in with her for a little bit to take care of her because she got to the point where she was almost not going to make it. Wow. And um, after that, during this leave of absence is when I had had major, this is going to be TMI for the men who listen to this, but (laughs) I had like menstrual issues. So for like five years, I had no cycle. And that was part of like my fertility issues, but I already had a kid, so I didn't really care, you know. We talk about everything around yeah, all here. All kinds of things. No <laughs> there's, there's, there's no, uh, so there's no lines yeah. here. <laughs> so I didn't plan on having another kid. I was like, my mom was getting better. I was going to go back to work. Um, I was going to come back off my leave of absence to this new station where I live. I was super excited, um, and then I found out um, Memorial Day weekend, 2013, that I was four months pregnant. Like I didn't even know because you. I didn't have a period for yeah, yeah. four or five years, so missing it wasn't a big deal to me. Yeah, yeah. But I almost went man down running, and I was like, something's wrong. I went to the hospital, and they're like, oh, no, you're four months pregnant. Wait, you you were actually running? And- oh, I was running. I didn't go man down, but I was running, and I was really, like, I was. I had to call my ex-husband time. I said, pick me up, because I, I can't finish this. And I, I ran, ever since the academy, I, I was a runner. I yeah. my, ran from my mental sanity. Yeah. So I was running, and I was like, I can't finish. I'm going to pass out. So that's when he picked me up, and... We went to the hospital and they were like, oh, you're, you know, they asked you when your last menstrual cycle was. I was like, oh, 2008. They're like, well, it's 2013. I'm like, <laughs> I know. But yeah. So that's when they said I'm pregnant. And that's when I found out I was pregnant with my son. And I thought, the hell, I'm supposed to go back to work. Yeah. My husband's schedule at the time was a nightmare. 
my mom was really she was better but she couldn't really help us with both kids so that at that time is when i decided that i was i, I just wanted to be a mom with my kids and yeah. i wanted to have you know time with them but i didn't want to leave the job altogether because i loved my job i had you know once you in the department once you finish patrol training like the academy is one hump and then custody training that's another little hump but yeah. you think it's a big hump when you're going through it but patrol training in most people's eyes and my eyes, it was the hardest part to get through. And so once I finished that, I was so glad. So I didn't want to leave the job, but I also wanted to be a mom. So I left and decided to go reserve. And so what reserve means is that um, there's a lot of people that are reserves, like um, Lou Ferrigno's a reserve, celebrities, a cop, you know, attorneys, doctors, that everybody that wants to be a cop but doesn't want to leave their high-paying job or has their own business goes reserve because they hmm. figure I can work as a cop with a badge and a gun and a uniform and do the whole thing, but I don't have to leave my full-time job because you only have to work two shifts a month. But the ticket is, is you make $1 a year. So as a reserve, you're essentially not ever getting paid. Oh, wow. You volunteer, but yeah. there's thousands in the department that do it. So our search and rescue team, they're all reserves. They don't get paid anything. They go out and just rescue people because that's what they love to do. So I went reserve. And because I was fully trained as a full-time deputy and patrol trained and everything, I worked my free shifts, but I was also, and I still am also, able to work paid shifts when they become available. So, like, lately we've had a lot of extra shifts available because yeah. of the fires. Um, during the riots, during COVID, we had some paid shifts. So, I still work in that capacity, and some weeks I'll work 10 hours, some I'll work 20, some I'll work 40. It works for me because the weeks I don't have my kids, I focus on work. Yeah. Lately, with this whole budget cut, defunding stuff, there's been very little extra shifts for reserves, but I still love it, and I'll still yeah. do it for free every day because I love it. We we had a uh, uh, another uh, um, uh, police officer here, uh, lady, uh, really fun, really cool uh, lady as well, and uh, she talked to us about, um, and I'll ask you as well, what was that one moment that you were challenged in the field and you went, no, you know, and, and went after it. Uh, for her, she shared um, uh, her first uh, uh, pursuit, uh, foot pursuit. Uh, and this guy, uh, you know, uh, came with a crew, uh, with a crew, she yeah. came with a cruiser and uh, with her police cruiser. And the guy turns around and he, she tells him to stop. And he, he turns around and then just kind of like smirks at her, kind of like, you know, like you're a chick, it. you know, bye. Yeah. And then just darts out. And uh, I said, well, you know, what, what did you do? And she's like, I went after him. And in my mind, she grew up with, uh, I, I believe it was five brothers. Yeah. So running was her thing. Yeah. And uh, she said, I, I caught him. I caught, it took me a little while, but I caught him. And this guy, he said, uh, she said, this guy, uh, he was pretty fast, uh, you know, because, yeah. you know, you guys doing, you're doing it constantly. You're constantly, you know, training. You're, you're, you're supposed to. You're supposed to, right? Criminals, for the most part, we don't train, no. you know. <laughs> so the stamina is not there, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, but but she was surprised that this guy could actually had some, uh, you know, some some uh, some running shoes there and, and gave her a little run for her money. But. Uh, she was able to, you know, finally get to him in Holland Yards. What was one event of yours in your early days that was a challenge for you? I had a couple. My first training officer, who to this day is freaking amazing, I love him, he's retired, taught me a lot. But um, kind of the same thing. He kind of challenged me. Like, it was towards the end of my training. And he's like, all right, we got to look for this guy. He's threatening to kill people. And he's, uh, he's he was like crazy transient. You know, transients are usually have mental health issues. Yeah. So. We were looking for him everywhere, and we were up in the mountains. It was in the, like the hills of like the Malibu area, and we we couldn't find him. Finally, he's like, "All right, I, you know, it was just him and I." We ended up getting him, and this is the first time it happened to me because I mean, we we went went to grab him, cuff him, and he just takes off down the wash. And like my, my training officer looks at me like, "Are you gonna are you just gonna let him go, or are you gonna go after him?" So in my head, like something you really have to think it like. So he's he's cuff when he does. I this. was gonna. I was oh, you were gonna cuff. Okay. And then he takes off on me, so it was like. So I, I had no choice but yeah. to chase after him, and I, my at the time my to was like, 
he's like he would have said just let us freaking go he was he hadn't killed anybody but yeah, he was yeah. just threatening other transients yeah in my head i was like you are not so i chased after him when i probably shouldn't have and ended up catching him but uh-huh. my training officer at that time was like what the hell are you doing because he had to come and chase after me yeah yeah he had to come with me he's not gonna let me go by myself yeah. so that was just kind of a it was a <laughs> it was an ego beat to me because i was like yeah. this guy got away like i trained yeah it was a call of a guy and a girl fighting in a gas station on PCH. And so you're just like fighting in a car, right? So they're sending us to look for this car everywhere. And we're like, we can't find the car. There's a million cars on PCH and these two people are in a car fighting. Yeah. So finally we're like, I forget it. We can't find them. So we, we gave up, we can't find them. And they call back and say, no, we're following the car. The car is now going up, you know, the road towards the 101. And it looks like the girl is screaming in distress. So we're like, what the, all right, so we're going to go find them. So we go back to the gas station to get a better idea of what the car looks like. And we see in the gas station, you know, the footage that the girl's kind of looking around like she needs help. So we realize, oh, I mean, this might be a little more than, a, you know, because calls come out and they're one thing. And then when you get there, it's a whole nother different story. They never, yeah. you know, whoever calls it in usually has no idea. They just call in what they see. Yeah. And so they, that's just, you know, this is the problem, again, that we're going to get into with all these police videos they show. Yeah. What they see and what they call in is not what is happening there. So yeah. we ended up finally finding the car and the the guy and the girl up off the middle of a turnout, heading back to the 101. And the guy was um, at the trash can wrapping up like a, he was wrapping something in foil to throw it away. It turned out to be her GPS. And the girl was in the car. So I was dealing with the guy it was an, like a tall, really tall African-American guy. And I noticed that he um, had his wallet sticking out. I opened, I'm sitting there talking to him, just trying to have a conversation with him. And then, you know, what's going on? And as I'm talking to him, just having a normal conversation, trying to like just get an idea because we didn't have a crime yet. At this point, they're just fighting. My partner yells and he's like, hey, you know, 207. So 207 is a kidnapping. Like, wow. It's a kidnapping. Hook that guy up. Like, yeah. no more conversation. Like, yeah. So at this point, you know, the guy's huge and I had to kind of, he looked like he was crazy. Like you could, when you're talking to somebody, you can tell when they got a screw loose, right? Yeah. So I kind of talked, you know, talking back into the car and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to search you real quick to make sure nothing's wrong. So I search him. I cuff him. He was really cooperative for now. Surprisingly, he sit him down from what I remember. Um, and then we check his wallet and he had his wristband. He'd just been released from, you know, those wristbands. Yeah. yeah. Just been released from jail. So. Wow. Um, turns out that was like his third, this would have been, you know, it was his third strike. But what happened was this little girl was going to school. She's 16. She was going to school and she was waiting at, at the light. This is a lesson to parents, kids, everybody. Wow. She was just waiting at the light and she sees this transient looking guy walk up to the car. She thinks he's just going to ask her for money. He doesn't. He gets in the car. He throws her in the back seat, grips the GPS out of her car, takes her phone. And his goal, what we find out later was to kidnap her and kill her. And just take her off. But he couldn't find the 101. He was driving up and down PCH everywhere trying to get to the 101. He finally found a way. And that's when he pulled over to get rid of the the GPS and her phone so that her parents and whoever would yeah. track it. And so and he ended up going to court and he ended up getting life in, life in jail after that. But Good. Yeah, it's crazy how it yeah. comes. You know, we could have just blown it off. And we were going to because we thought yeah. it was. But whoever called it in was really good about and his mistake as well for for pulling over because if he would have kept going and yeah you know he yeah but you know props to whoever saw the crime because yeah they, and reported you know, it they stayed behind the car and found it so I always think about that little that girl because she could have been you know and, and this is something that like parents man that, that if you're out there and you think well this no this will never happen to my kid this was the, in Malibu yeah the the yeah. second that you let your guard down. And think that it's not going to happen to you. That's usually when it happens. I always think you have to be, and people think you're paranoid. You know? Yeah, like, oh, and it's not that. Paranoid. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. But you got to have be aware. Yeah, be aware of your surroundings. Yeah, around, keep your doors locked in your car. Absolutely. And have something for protection. Like yeah. I, I, I tell people on social media, even here on the podcast, like if you're if you're a citizen, you got a clean record. You, you need to get some adequate training. Yeah, and. And and purchase, you know, yeah. uh, you know, get your licensing and the whole yards, yeah. and get yourself a a, a a a some kind of weapon, some kind of a gun or whatever. I'm all for guns, like my yeah, yeah. I'm all for. And before I became everyone, you know, share you know, the sheriff's department, I didn't yeah. believe in. I didn't own a gun. I didn't know how to shoot yeah. one. 
Um, but if you think about like, what are you going to do if somebody does break in your house? And not everybody can carry it, on, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Even if you can't carry your gun outside of your house or outside of your business, you can have a knife. You can yeah. have pepper spray. Pepper spray I'm never a big fan of because if there's wind, it's going to blow in your face. And it's the most awful feeling. And I hate it. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. But a knife. Anybody can have a knife. And I, I, I've, I, I've had talks with my, my children. I got pen. Yeah. I've, I've uh, talked to uh, both my, my, my daughters. Yeah. And I have a son. And... Uh, I took them to to get trained yeah. uh, from a very early That's age, yeah. um, and uh, up here, um, not too far from here. Um, uh, yes, yeah. and um, I had a marine there that uh, friend of ours, yeah. and who you know got to train them and and introduce them to guns and yeah. hunting yards, and they 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 enjoy them. They know it's dangerous. They yeah. know it's a tool, and they're very careful with with with. So you know, we take them from. You know, they'll That's come. Important, yeah. yeah, it's important. It takes the curiosity of it. Like, well, exactly. Kind of yeah, and and they respect it. And I always told them that when you get of age, um, do own. it. Yeah. You know, get one for your home yeah. to protect your home and home yards. It's important. More Crip- now than ever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now more than ever. You know, the yeah. '80s were bad. Now is worse. Like you. you oh, yeah, you, it's crazy. It's now. crazy. And, and how do you feel about what's going on? Because there's there's just some. I'm gonna call it out. It's there's some straight out stupidity that's going out there. Uh, this this hatred against law enforcement, and yeah. I think the media has the media the, sees it. Yes, they, they they put they put footage out there that fuels the fire. Yeah, they don't show. They don't show the whole thing. They don't show the whole thing. They show only certain. You know, they don't show what happened before. They don't. Yeah. They could not even tell you what happened before. You yeah. know, like, and they. They take advantage of the situation. There's always, you know, riots or protests based yeah. on what they think they saw. Yeah, you know, it, the, the Jacob break, the the Brianna Taylor stuff. Like the, even this, the whole Brianna Taylor frustrates the heck out of me. She yeah. wasn't sleeping in her bed. Yeah, she wasn't an innocent bystander. Yeah, she made the poor choice of getting involved with somebody that was involved in drugs. She let yeah. him use her address. She ran drugs for him. Yeah, and then when the police came and they did knock and notice, uh, he decided to shoot through the door at them. Yeah, and when they shot back. She took the rounds, and everybody believes, or most people, you know, a lot of people believe that he used her as a shield. Yeah. Twenty-two rounds, and he got none, and she got them all. Yeah, and he's behind her. Yeah, coward. So yeah. that that girl made a poor choice. Yeah, and now you know the city where it happened is anticipating lawsuits and all that stuff. Oh, they already got their lawsuits. Yeah. she already got millions, but they're anticipating. They're they just placed, I think, a an emergency, a state of emergency, because when the the verdict comes down, that the cops are fine and. Wow! Everybody's going crazy. Yeah, but that that's 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 so common throughout the states right now, where everywhere, yeah. yeah, everywhere, and and it's uh, yeah, and, and here's the other thing that the the media doesn't do. Just recently, um, I want to say maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago at the most, there was an incident where uh, there was a home invasion, and two um, two uh, two two robbers mm-hmm. uh, are running to the getaway car, and a police cruiser is right behind them. As they come out, yeah, and uh, the first guy goes around the front of the car and comes out and just starts firing at the police officer. Second guy uh, has a AK forty seven, yeah, and start. I mean, they don't even have a chance. I didn't hear about this one. They don't, <laughs> that's yeah. because mainstream yeah. media is not going to put that on there. I don't there. even have the news at home because I can't. Yeah. Oh, home. yeah. I I try not to. Yeah. Because of what I do. Yeah. I'm almost like you have to see it. I have to see yeah. stuff like that. I saw the footage, and this—I mean, it's an AK-47. Yeah, there's no. Didn't even have a chance to, you know, come out of the car or even yeah. reach for their service uh, uh, yeah. weapon. And three police officers almost lose their lives. Oh, they didn't lose. I, they didn't lose their lives, yeah. but you know, they got back in the car and 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 they jammed. Yeah. The media. Didn't even show it. Of course not, because then no. they're fully justified on that. Well, it, it's it's not their, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't yeah. fit their narrative. Yeah. And so, you know, it, 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 they have a narrative, they have an agenda, and I think it's so it, it's awful for them to yeah. to do that because then you're putting the lives of these police officers in, in, in danger, yeah. purposefully. Yeah. You know, because now you you there's this rage uh, uh, on our streets, and and. People that are just headline readers and don't do their That's homework. The, the headline readers. Yeah. Like they don't the do, Jacob Blake thing. Yes. The thing. Yeah. They don't do their homework. 
they depend on, uh, you know, CNN, they depend yeah. on these networks that they're trash. Yeah. And they said it, and uh, I guess it's gold, and, yeah. and let's go out and, and, and you know. A lot of the public. It's awful. Um, where, like, where are you at with that? I mean, that's got to, that's got to like. It's frustrating as yeah. hell because people don't really look at, like, we're being hunted, or, you know, they're shooting us all, or, you know, and I don't. I don't see for whatever reason. I see a lot of the black community saying, "You know, we're the, we're we're scared to drive down the street. We're always being pulled over." Hispanics are kind of the same, but they're not crying yeah. about it. Yeah, they just know that you got to follow the rules. Like that's I, it. It we came to the point where instead of defending police, we're defending the criminal. Well, why yeah. did you shoot him? You know, or we, why are you defending the guy that broke the law and then decided to not listen to? It's really ninety nine point nine percent of all these situations would be avoided if yeah, it could have been prevented. Comply. Well, why do I have to comply? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Like, uh, there's a... Last year in 2019, there were 375 million documented police contacts. So that means that they were documented, meaning the, the officer had to, you know... Write a report for a, a stop. Report, or just documented as a call. Yeah. 375 million. And we all we all go through many contacts that are documented because somebody just walks up to you, you talk to them, and they go. So yeah. there's even more than that. So out of 375 million, 999 ended up in police shootings with a guy or the... The guy or the woman died. That's yeah. like point zero from what I remember, point zero 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 three percent. Yeah. So obviously, yeah. police aren't, the, you know, yeah. out of all of those contacts, but yet they focus on only those. Yeah. As opposed to all the positive interactions, you know. that. And the result of that is what just took place a few weeks ago. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, in well, Compton. In Compton. That was, I mean. I remember being out and hearing about it. Just bone chilling like what a story for those two and what they did yeah to survive but it's just a prime example of what not only what the shooter did but what the people on scene did yeah recording recording it, it. and laughing phones laughing as you see two people a mother and a guy just barely into his 20s yeah. bleeding to almost death yeah and laughing about it not rendering aid not calling for help like I don't know what's worse. Like, yeah, that's not even a, an animal because animals aren't even that bad. They at least help each other. But uh, I, I listened to. And then since then, we've had three, four, five ambushes also. So and, and we didn't even hear about those. I mean, that's you hear them through social media. Yeah, you follow police pages stuff like that. But no, you don't hear about them. Yeah, because the, you know the the family. I forgot the city it was in, but it was a a male and a female police officer with their newborn baby. Their home got shot up. And wow. Their baby wasn't hit, but that just happened and you know another officer that went and did a traffic stop and he got shot through the window out of nowhere so it just and that's how it happened in the last couple of days i don't have and, the news so i i see this stuff on social media and i come across it but and that's the thing i mean that that's the that's that hunting the criminals are now being hunted yeah and, and the and the criminal is is hailed as you know a victim oh yeah uh you know and, and you know what I, I i really dislike is they'll always put that guy, that guy's picture or that gal's picture. When he was eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah some elementary school yeah. uh, uh, picture, you know, yeah. with him and, and, and an apple on the table or something. Yeah. And, and they don't show no. his whole police record. They don't show no. all the other stuff that, that he's yeah. been convicted of and let go uh, eventually. They don't show that. No. The, and even if they do show, say it once they do, it was yeah. there, whether it's a, well, it doesn't matter his police record. It doesn't just matters that he shouldn't have died. Yeah. Well, he wouldn't have died if he would have just listened. The George yeah. Floyd, the you know, George Floyd is different. That yeah. was different. But Blake, I mean, that is another issue. You know. Yeah. yeah you you reach out until you open the door and you reach out. Yeah. To grab was, something, you know, th these police officers they have a right to go home too. Yeah. That that's I mean, the whole thing. Sign, a police officer doesn't sign up to die. No. He signs up to protect and serve. And yeah. if you know you're gonna let somebody get away. If, or let somebody kill you. What are they going to do? The rest of the civilians around there, like with the Blake story, you know, there was there was kids in the car, there was kids around. He'd already assaulted the person he'd already sexually assaulted before. A fourteen year old. Yeah, he was armed with a knife. Mm -hmm. So they they're not just going to let him get into a car and take off with kids. When yeah. He's already threatened people. He you know it's all misinformation. It, it it really is, and it's unfortunate because they want they want you to wait till or the the, the famous things you know shoot him in the legs. You can't. Yeah. It's hard enough to shoot a person in the chest. Yeah. But the the and people don't get it. It sounds grim, but as an officer, you're trained to you know shoot to kill, yeah. shoot to stop the threat. Yeah. And it's hard enough to sh shoot to stop the threat in the upper torso, but 
you know, if the only reason you should pull out your gun is because your life is being threatened and yeah. you need to stop that life at that point to save everybody else. Yeah. So people don't get that. And then. Yeah. And, it, and it's unfortunate that, that in, <laughs> if we could only just do the homework, like, the do you, yeah. Like, I think it's just, you have to create dialogue for people to understand. Yes. That. Yeah. You know, like I just shared something that like the, the Gators, like Florida Gators, they, they had training with the athletes and police where you talk about, explain situations, explain yeah. scenarios, or go through scenarios. Even if, even if like they have civilian academies where you go through police training as a civilian just to oh, see. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, there's right now for COVID, they're all stopped, but it's all ways to kind of get both sides to understand yeah. because it's really hard to understand the job of an officer, even yeah. by going on a ride-along. You're not going to see it all in one ride-along, but... Yeah. If if both sides just can you know create a di- there's a lot of really good good cops and yeah. there are some bad ones just yeah. like there's bad attorneys there's bad doctors there's bad it's nurses bad. But there's bad pastors them, you know there's bad <laughs> but you don't see them all over the news you just yeah. see cops cops yeah. cops so yeah. they're yeah. turning they're turning it, it, it's awful um you know this whole year is like one big tornado of man right I mean, and then we just had a earthquake leaders, <laughs> leaders seem to like fuel the fire they're not I don't see yeah. a lot of city leaders coming oh, to no. Yeah. Aid, especially here in, here in California, California is, or LA. You know, yeah, like, it's. I don't uh, see Garcetti standing up for police. I no. Don't see. Um, I, and even when he had something to say about uh, the Compton shooting, it, it was very vague, very yeah. you know, not really. Yeah. You know, putting it out there. I mean, yeah. you could tell it's the body language, yeah. the speech, the whole yards. It was very watered down. Yeah. They, um, yeah. Uh, it, uh, it's it, discouraging. It, but, uh, I would have. I would have. But, uh, but the people that are in law enforcement do it because they love it, and they're not going to let that. You know, it, it seems like a really interesting life. You know, coming. I, I love victory stories, and you have a victory story. You really do. I mean, you 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 know, you come from. You know, uh, always. I'm on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you you are a victory story because you know you come from a a different land. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, um, and then you come here, and it's not like you come to. Uh, Beverly Hills, or yeah. and you, your family works hard, yeah. instills those kind of ethics in you, uh, keeps you in your narrow yeah. path, and then and then you have as an adult yeah. have to make positive, you know, choices in life, yeah. and here you are now. But I want to talk about the stuff that I that, that I never got involved in, um, because man, it, it's just difficult. You also are big on fitness. Oh, you yeah, have your own pro- program. As girls or women, men, men too, but mostly women, you're all into like dieting. You know, you want to be skinny, your diets, or all yeah. these different diets. So out of out of high school and college, I was dieting like crazy, working out all the time, and then I ended up cutting my Achilles tendon, which was like the, a really tough injury on me. It sidelined me for a year, and I went to like bad depression. That led to an eating disorder. So that that eating disorder of dieting and eating disorders and stuff went on through most of my 20s and most of my 30s. You're always trying to, you know, find the next thing that's going to help you, the next diet pill, the next, you know. So it it was a miserable way to live. Yeah. A lot of people live that way because they want to find that quick fix that's going to give you, you know, the magazine shape or the filter shape that you see on social media that's not ideal, that you don't know if they got the liposuction for, they worked hard (laughs) for, you know. So... The whole time I did that, and then once I had my kids, I realized I can't be this example for my daughter yeah. you know, or my son. And when I left the sheriff's department and I took my year leave of absence, I was always raised to work. Like I was still working, but I wasn't getting paid. And yeah. I was getting some paid shifts, but I felt like I needed to contribute. So I started um, helping this lady with her social media for her fitness business. And I was like, hey, this is something like I really like. Like I liked the program. It taught me, you know. It had these little containers that taught you about, you know, protein, fats, and carbs and all that stuff. And I thought, this is kind of interesting. I could kind of, you know, this would kind of help. It makes sense. It's not a diet. I want to learn it. So I learned it. And then I asked um, a couple other, like, mom friends of mine to do it with me, like, in a Facebook group. And I was like, I'll do it, and I'll teach it to you guys since I learned it. And then let's see how we do. So I started that right after I had my son. And I was kind of, like, coaching them, but not officially. And I was like, hey, I kind of like this, like... <laughs> I made a life change for myself. I finally quit the dieting because I didn't want to do it for my, you know, I wanted to set a good example for my kids. And so that's kind of how I started my nutrition thing. I was like, I'm going to make this a business and this is what I'm going to do to make money because I wanted to be a mom, remember? So 
I didn't want to go and get another job if I had left the department full time. I wanted to still be able to work my shifts and make my own business. So yeah. my, my business was I'm gonna I'm gonna help other people learn nutrition like I learned it and skip all the diets and the things that don't work and the pills and the fat burners and learn the the right way to do it. And you wrote a book. Yeah, that was just recently this year. Nice. I learned, so this program teaches you um, what I coach. I coach online, so it doesn't matter where you're at. I coach all in a private group. So everybody's kind of in a private group. It kind of holds you accountable. Everybody shares their meals, their snacks. I post some meal plans, and every day I kind of teach little lessons on different nutrition topics. Um, It it varies from, you know, intermittent fasting to quickies and easy recipes to meal prep to how to meal prep. So each day in that group, I teach that. And I also teach macros because macros is like rocket science to people, but it's really not that hard. So because people could never seem to understand and I would have to explain it. And once I explained it, they're like, oh, that's what it is. Yeah. I was like, why don't I just put this to print, you know, or an ebook yeah. so that people could read it and learn how to track macros without like counting every gram. Like there's apps that do it for you. So and what's the name of the book? It's called Macros One Hundred One. Macros One Hundred One. Yeah. You got to get it, and, and so it, it's in. So it teaches you, yeah. It basically teaches you. So it teaches you how to use your height and your weight and your goal weight to figure out how many calories you need a day and what, how many proteins, fats, and carbs you need a day. And so once you figure that out, and I help you if you don't know how, but it's really simple math. Once you figure that out, it gives you a percentage. And then I show you the app. It's a free app that you use. It's my I use my fitness pal. You you get that app and the book walks you through how to track those. And once you don't have to stay like in a certain number. So it's not like, you know, eight grams of, you know, I went yeah. over my fifty one grams of protein. I'm not I'd like to teach a range okay. because I don't like to focus on a number. Like okay. even the scale. Like people ask me how much I weigh. Between one twenty five and one thirty. Today I might be one twenty five, tomorrow I might be one thirty. Yeah. The next day one twenty eight. I don't focus on one number. I'd rather have like a ballpark estimate. Yeah. So it teaches you how to get that range and track it using an app so that you can kind of eat whatever you want. So like if you want to have a margarita tonight, then maybe earlier during the day skip a, you know, skip your fruit because a margarita has sugar and so does fruit. So it kind of teaches you how to balance so that you can still enjoy food without having to cut out. I like to go to a bar and I like to have a drink and I like to have, you know, the fried chicken wings. So, <laughs> But that's to me that that's a that, that's pretty cool that you actually figured this out yourself. Late in life. I mean, my but 40s, you did. But finally. Yeah. I, I used to work out like I, I was that girl that went to the gym and did like an hour of cardio on the Stairmaster and yeah. then another like 30 minutes of weights. And I would be like two hours in the gym and no results. And I had thyroid issues. I was on thyroid medication my whole life. And I turned into a hippie when I had kids. And I hate medication. Like I, I, I really researched. I'm one of those that I'm going to get attacked on and I know it, but I don't <laughs> do vaccines. Like I don't <laughs> yeah. believe in them. Yeah. After my daughter got really bad reaction at two years old, I don't like medication. I don't like vaccines. Yeah. So I really think food is medicine. Food yeah. is like, so I ch- I got off my thyroid medications I stopped taking them. My doctor's like, you don't, you know, you can't ever stop taking those. You're going to gain weight. But once I did that. I always find that suspicious when they tell you that, right? I don't know. Yeah, it no, it, it, got, it just like doesn't sound Prescription right. Prescription drugs keep you. I mean, if you even listen to a commercial, you hear like. They the side have, effects. The side effects. Yeah. Little, 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 like, yeah. At the end, there's, there's <laughs> yeah. 20 side effects for the one problem you're going to fix. Yeah. So it's it, like a revolving door of keeping it you. Does, uh, to me, it just doesn't make sense. No. But you, you figured that out. And, and that's. You know, for me, like I looked into your thing, right? Like, uh-huh. like I, I actually sat yeah. down and I went, "It can't be that hard." She's telling everybody it can't I be that hard. I share it all the time, and yeah, are, like you know, whenever somebody reaches out to me about it, they're like I've been following you for six months, eight months, yeah. nine months, and it takes a long time to finally be like, "All right, I'm going to do it." Yeah. But the people that have bought the book and and really apply it, yeah, like I. This morning I was like, it, Mondays, every other Monday is kind of crappy for me because my kids leave for the week. Every other week I lose yeah. them. So today I was like, oh man, they leave. I ate it. I'm so bummed. Yeah. But I went and checked my messages and this girl's like, you know, I started the book Friday. It's Monday. I'm down three pounds. Something finally works. So I was like. Wow, that's cool. really like out of all the messages I get, that one was like, yes. Yeah. All right, never mind. Made my day. I'm good. I'm that's good. awesome. So little messages like that yeah. makes a big difference because. I struggled for so long working out, and working out does help. You still need yeah. it, but uh, <coughs> I still... think it's it's the first steps that yeah. that that really 
For getting me, to that. Working out is mental, 100% yeah. mental. I'd rather be outside than in a gym any day. Yeah. And it's more to get me feeling good. Like, I hate doing it. Every single time I work out, I hate starting. Yeah. There's some people that are weird and like it. I don't like working out. Yeah. I like how I feel when I'm done. And see, like like for me, you know, when 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 uh, in my early years, when I, yeah. I first uh, got out, I was doing the running. I was yeah. doing the hiking. It was an everyday thing, yeah. and I loved it. And then, and I'm going to use this excuse, and it's an excuse, and it's a horrible one, because you get married. Oh, yeah. You get married, and all of a sudden, you know, you feel like, okay, well, I conquered, right? Like, like I'm married now. Yeah. But, you know, you're not. You, married, yeah, but you can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah. And I, I've, it's like I, I, I've tried it. I start hiking because I'm like, sort of like you were. I like the outdoor thing. Yeah. I don't, I get bored easy if I'm in the gym or yeah, I don't. it's just not my thing. I like the hiking. I like the running, uh, and, but, and the, and the weights, but for some reason, man, I'm just like stuck in this. And I think there's a lot of people that Sometimes are like me right now. Partner that'll do it with you. Somebody, yes. Somebody to motivate you. Yeah. And I, I probably that's where, you know, like a friend or something yeah. like that. That That's why we're, when yeah. I coach, people are like, do you coach individually? I do coach individually, mm-hmm. but I prefer to coach in the in a, online group setting yeah. because everybody contributes. There's so many people in the group. There's one from Washington, D.C. There's one from Northern California. And, and we've never even met. One of them I've met. But we kind of motivate each other. There's another one in Florida because – Wow. You don't want to do it. And then you're like, oh, well, Rayanne just posted her workout. Damn, now I'll do what you want. I mean, she posted every <laughs> other excuse why she didn't want to, but she did it. So yeah. it motivates you. You get that accountability and you get the reminder that, all right, they're going to do it. I'm going to do it. That's awesome. Yeah. But, you know, you, you, again, I'm going to say it again. It's, it's, it's a victory story because I see, uh, you know, and, and I'll share something that happened to me early on before I ruined uh, my, my young adult life, my teen life. I had actually a a teacher who I was in a continuation school, and this teacher, um, for some odd reason, I was that one little gang member kid in the back causing all the ruckus. Yeah. And I remember her uh, telling me on day one, she said, "You're gonna graduate. You're gonna." And, then, and when she said that, she said that in front of all the yeah. kids, and, and it's a continuation school. Yeah. On a. Uh, 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 Six and uh, Lafayette. Yeah, down there. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like the worst of the worst. Not going to graduate, but she did. Yeah, but she said that, and everybody's laughing, right? You know, everybody's yeah. clowning around. And this lady starts to go to my apartment. Nobody knows. Yeah, I'm still a little gang member kid, yeah. and she's going showing up at my apartment and helping me with homework. Wow. Like she's not getting paid for this. Nobody yeah. knows. But she's actually going out to to the apartment and helping me with my homework. And right towards the end of, you know, uh, I passed on my yeah. everything I needed to, all the requirements. And she said, I want you to have a, a sit down with my best friend. And, yeah, I, I didn't know who she was talking about. Yeah. And uh, I said, what about? What, what's, what, what's it about? And she says, well, um, she's a deputy sheriff. And she's, I think she says, a sergeant. Yeah. Uh, and she says, um, she's willing to talk to you. And she just wants to come here with me and just talk to you. And at first I said, for what? Like, yeah. what, do, what do you, what's there to talk? Yeah. You know, I'm still in my stupid, you know, mentality of, of you know, gangbanging and all yeah. that. And she says, um, I think we could help you. And I think that you can make a better choice. Than the choices that you've made so far. Yeah. Somehow, because of her kindness, I, I I said yes to it. So she came on a Saturday. I remember that. I'll never forget this. She came and um, you know, not in uniform, just yeah. regular clothes. And she introduced herself to me and the whole year. She says, uh, you know, I can help you come out of this lifestyle. And I can help you at some point go through the academy. Yeah. And when she said that, I kind of looked at her like she was crazy. Yeah. And just, are you are you saying that, like, to be a cop? And you see him on the other side. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I could never do that. I said, this is what I signed up. Yeah. You know, you're just a little kid. And I said, I can't, I can't do that. And I look at moments like that, and I think we all have moments, you know, 
Where you, yeah, where you had the chance. Where you had the chance to yeah. make a different choice yep. and you didn't take it. And that was one of those choices. I remember she left me a card and she yeah. said, once you graduate, Joanne, Joanna is uh, yeah. the, the teacher that, that yeah. was helping me out. She said, uh, you should find her if you don't. I have looked for her for the past almost 30 years. Oh, man. I through what Facebook. What would be to find her? Uh, I, and I like. I just want to say thank you for even trying. That's yeah. really the, the only thing that you I want to say. You were given that her. fork in the road, and you chose the other fork. Yeah. You still get you know. Look at where you are today, though. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it, it's. Yeah. I, I believe that God put puts people. One hundred percent. In yeah. early on in our in our lives. Yeah. And we just sometimes we just don't. Yeah. Get it, you know, and, and we make foolish yeah. decisions, and that was one of those, but. You know, um, I don't know. If, what are the chances of her listening to this podcast? I don't you know. know. You never know. Do you know her last name? Uh, um, uh, Escalante, which is Joanna funny because Esca- Joanna Escalante, and she, the last place that she worked at was called the Metropolitan Skill Center. It's a continuation school in off of LA? in Los Angeles, off of Lafayette and Sixth Street. Crazy that you can't find her. I cannot find her. I've looked for her high and low on social media. It's kind of a common name, but not really. But yeah, yeah, and um, too bad you don't know who that sergeant is either. Yeah, and I bet yeah, you that sergeant would know. Yeah, yeah uh, and they were best you friends. Have her card? I'd have to probably look at it. And then, you know, you're talking about. Yeah. I know, but man, that's three a, decades that's ago. A story, yeah. We all have those decisions that you make. Yeah, you can go this way or this way. And, and I chose to go the other way. I mean, I mean, yeah. you know, but basically, what I've wanted to tell her for the longest is just thank you for even trying yeah. and seeing something. That I didn't see. Yeah. You know, um, but, you know. Impa- teachers are one of those impact. You know, that's what the hard part about right now with yeah. these kids being home. Yeah. They're missing. I know a lot of these kids, when they have a home life that's abuse, you know, that's where a lot of the abuse is found is through teachers. So yeah. them being home is, they're having a hard time with it because sometimes that's their escape. Going yeah. there and getting that help or getting that motivation when they're not getting it at home from yeah. their parents. It, it, it stinks, but yeah. you know, um, it is what it is for now. And hopefully, you know, we got we have some. Um, they said after the election, schools open up again. So. You heard that, right? Yeah, a little suspicious yeah. that they, they would say November. Yeah, oh, you no, know, she specifically, specifically, the hell's right after the elections. Said, that's what she we said. are looking to open it after the election. Yeah, that, that that is so yeah. that's just so foul. I'm glad because honestly, it's no place for kids to be, you know, separated by glass. And even no. like my six-year-old is like, I don't want to go to school with my mask on and yeah. not being able to play with my friends. It's not the social setting that school should be. Yeah, I mean, they're they're kids. They... We're in the twilight zone, but I really think that yeah. it's gonna. I'm hoping that I used to be like the whole like you know I don't want to expect the good because then you're gonna be let down. Yeah, but this whole life change for me turned me into like you know you know focus on the positive and be grateful for what you have. So I'm. Yeah. I'm hoping that this whole crap of a year, for lack of better words, yeah. is going to be for the greater good. And we're yeah. going to come out of it, pray to God, better. <laughs> because, I mean, it's just the stuff is... Yeah. Nobody would have... If somebody said, where are you going to be five years from now? This was not what this is we not were what thinking. This what said. Nobody was right <laughs> yeah. five years ago. Exactly. Not one person. <laughs> you know what I like? going to be quarantined. You, you also go to church, though. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that, that uh, I make fun of is... Uh, all these pastors that 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 um, their sermons on January first were you know, oh, you know yes. the, the the catchphrases right the, yeah you know the vision twenty twenty yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, 20, no and of all years like twenty twenty you know we out of all years yes twenty twenty like it was going to be like the year of the Jetsons or whatever yeah and it's it's been a year all right jeez it's man it's been a, a landmark year all right but for and we still have a few months that that's the <laughs> yeah I, i'm gonna put my christmas tree up soon because i just want to get there like, right christmas. we just want to get to yeah thanksgiving and christmas uh, it's got to get yeah. back to normal by then ellie thank you so much for for being here i i really appreciate you making the trip yeah, um, thank you for having me. It's yeah, great talk, just talking about it kind of reminds <laughs> you of everything and takes you through that. Yeah, again but I want us to 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 remind uh, everyone that that watches us and listens to us. The book, the name of the book. Yes, it's Macros One Hundred One. You either get it on Amazon or just send me a message on social media on Instagram, and I can send it to you too. So either way. And, and what's your your oh, your social media handle for for uh, that? 
Fit cop mom. Pretty simple. Fit cop yeah. mom. Fit cop mom. You can't get it wrong <laughs> like that. It's, it's, it's that mom, easy. I'm a cop. Not full time anymore because I get called out on that all the time. Yeah. And yes, I'm, and you're fit. Yeah. There it is. And I, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm going to own it this time. It took me a long time to be okay in my own skin. But yeah, That's so cool. I, I'm, I'm just, uh, thank you so much for being here, for your life, for serving your community. Uh, thank you for all that you do. Uh, thank you for your service. I, you know, I'm on this side, um, yeah. and, and I once was, you know, uh, I, I, I like to say your client. Yeah. Uh, no longer but subscribe it to it. You can turn. You know, a lot of people don't have yeah. hope for that. You can yeah. obviously turn it around. And you can. I mean, you know, it, uh, for choices. me, it took Christ, uh, and then choices that you, it, yeah. yeah, you, 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 you own the. You didn't have the privilege, but you still did it. Yeah, you know, and and I, I work just as hard as everybody else yeah. now. I. And I started with, you know, minimum wage jobs when yeah. I got out. Uh, I, Some people are not humble enough to do that. But that's what it takes. Yeah. That's what it takes. So, but Ellie, thank you so much. I, I know you you, you uh, could have been at a better place, but you chose here for today. And My first ever podcast. This is the best. Oh, this is your first? First ever. I've never done one before. That's awesome. Yeah. Look at that. I'll always remember. <laughs> there you yeah. go. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do in the, in the community, in your life. What a victorious life that, that you have. And, uh. All the best to you. Um, you. I will continue to pray for your safety out there, as you uh, and for your family. Uh, we are forever grateful for what you do in your line of the of uh, you know of uh, of work. So to next until next time, thank you so much, um, Los Angeles. Uh, it is such a, a joy to be with you guys. Um, I want to thank you, uh, those of you that sponsor this uh, podcast, your contribution, um, your encouragement. It means a whole lot to us, uh, and we know that it's touching a lot of lives. You can change, um, and all it takes is one choice at a time. You could do it, Los Angeles. We could be a better Los Angeles, and it could start today. I said it. 100%. Yeah, I said this last time. Let's make Los Angeles great again. Oh, that's right, sir. Yes. Booyah. California and LA great again. That's right. Till next time, God bless you. <laughs>